0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. This episode, we had Chad from at Carl Brewery coming in. I had a really great time with him. He was able to pour a bunch of the beers, sample through about 10 of them, talk a lot about what it's like working at the brewery, what it was like coming up in California and working his way through the industry and how it's going. Uh, We had a great time with him. Uh, We have a bunch of new episodes coming up. Hopefully, we're going to try and crank one out at least twice a month and then eventually run a week. That's our goal. So we hope you all enjoy. Take care. I mean, if that's that's the... Does
1: that sound good? Sounds great.
0: Perfect. All right. I don't know what we're supposed to start with in order, because the way I tapped this was Red Ale, Hefeweizen, Session, Double Double, Oh My God, Big Giant Beer, Oh My God, Big Giant Beer. Yeah, I think you're fine. All right. Perfect. Yeah. You you want to
2: start with the Big Giant Beers? Uh, (laughs) Just go right out of the gate? Yeah, cool.
1: You want that boomerang conversation to instantly go out Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Apparently, we're going to (laughs) start on 11. Jesus. So funny. No,
2: I mean, I had a guy in last night that wanted to do wine shots. Yeah. Shot like
0: just, hey, pour so, me a little bit of so a shot. So many people
2: come in here and ask for shots. That might be something we can use for a shot at some point. I mean, I, guess, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, guy literally comes and goes, uh, can I get a glass of wine? Can you split it five ways in five short glasses? Isn't that just technically a flight then at and, that point? Well, with five people, they want to do a wine shot. Yeah, so they were basically doing a shitty flight. All right, whatever. Just, they just <laughs> boom. And they're like, all right. <laughs> so we were doing Vino Verde shots. Uh, that's fair.
0: <laughs> Why Vino, not? Oh, Vino Verde shot yeah. was a great one too. Dude, that's really weird. I want to do that now. I'm going to go to some place and be like, I just want a shot of that. You want a flight? No. Nope. Just give me a little shot of that. Just a shot.
2: We used to make that joke all the time in the restaurant business. Like, hey, let's do some wine shots. And all you do is, you know, halfway through the shift, pour yourself a little splash of something. Boom, back to work. And after yeah. about, after about thirty wine shots, it's feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say you get like forty five minutes into your shift, and all of a sudden those fifteen wine shots later are hitting you pretty hard. Yeah, God, exactly. The
2: other one we used to do was the um, uh, we called them Italian speedballs. It was a <laughs> shot. It was it was a shot of grappa inside of a espresso. Jesus. So. What you had to get do to get through a double shift. Uh, that, I'm sure you <laughs> got there. You don't remember any of it, but no. you got through it, right? Whoa. Was that
0: how you started the shift, or yeah. you ended your first shift?
2: Uh, that's how you start the dinner shift.
0: Oh, damn!
2: Because we we'd work lunches, and then we'd all kind of gather in the well, and we'd line up a whole bunch of espressos, and boom, 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 boom grappa, <laughs> and then. Wow. Rock, rock and roll. That's a, F- uh, 15, that's
0: a fun shift. $15,000 dinner shifts with like five servers. I used to see, uh, so I used to be over at this place called R&R. It's down the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, it started off as what was supposed to have been like a, like a high-end sort of wine and like dinner place. It's now a club. That's how much it fell apart. Wow. And all the servers, it's right when uh, Four loco came out. And so all the servers would be behind the bar filling up, you know, little like uh, those styrofoam cups just pounding Four Locos. And halfway through the shift, like it, I think we at least over a two week period sent almost every person home at one point because nobody had any idea how much booze was in that, and they'd just be shaking from the caffeine levels.
2: Yeah, those things are no joke. They are. I've actually never wow. had one. Really? That's why I must be so tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they didn't stunt my growth. <laughs> <Yeah. I don't>... <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Thanks. So, anyways, we have Chad from Carl Strauss on today. I... But we've been
2: recording this whole time. <laughs> Fair. At least it's not Chad from like Four loco. Right. At one day he wouldn't be from <laughs> you know, he wouldn't be from Four Loco anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, the four loco turnover I'm sure is very high. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being their sales rep. That's got just gotta be a miserable job. Are you kidding me? We talked about how bad it is after working for the same winery for so long, and all you gotta do is talk about that same wine constantly. Imagine being the guy that has to come in and sample everybody on four loco. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably gonna die of a heart attack by some point at the end of the year. On his first job, he's like,
0: Yeah, he wants a fucking four loco, here you go! Just slam it on the counter and leave. So what do you guys like talking
1: better, wine or beer?
0: Oof. Honestly, we've been doing more beer, but we'll geek out more on wine. Just because like we have like our opinions on wine a little bit, at least for my sake. I like to talk about wine more because I'm way more I get way more excited about it. I like to tell stories about it. Beer is fun to have conversations around, not necessarily about the beer sometimes.
2: Okay. Beer is so easily duplicated in a way. Like you could constantly brew beer. Versus wine, you get that one chance once a year to make it. So we tend to romance a little more about wine, but we have been talking a lot more about beer because it's new to us. Him and I have both been in the wine business for twenty years each. Okay, and we've now officially been in the beer business for one year. <laughs> So as beer guys, we're like, yeah, but we have four
1: ingredients we have to do consistently the same all the time. And that's not easy. The beer we're drinking here is Red Trolley. It's been around for 30-something years, right? To make it taste the same as it is now compared to when they first made it, that's no joke, right? I mean, you guys talk about grapes and varietals and weather and acid in the soil and all this other kind of stuff. We have those same conditions in beer, and they all play a factor into how things taste. Hop, harvest, all this stuff, right? So... That's what the beer community talks about,
2: and we were actually talking about it just recently. Is we were wondering how much even weather affects hops. Like if you're buying yeah. the same hops every year from the guy, but he has a dry season, a wet season, if it really just changes the hops, and all of a sudden your beer's different, even though you're buying it from the same guy every single year. I, I think it's the same thing that you guys deal with in grape, right? You guys, um, smoke.
1: Right, yeah. we've had huge fires that have really impacted our hop harvest and how those are smelling and the aromatics that are coming off of it and things of that nature. Same thing with grain, right? So if we get our grain and we're near any kind of a fire storm or fire season, everything's now smoked porter this and smoked IPA that, right? So it's it's an interesting. That's concept. interesting.
0: I've never. I would be so intrigued to try a smoked <clears throat> port or a smoked IPA. I don't know why that sounds something like that'd be really good. It sounds like
2: a good craft cocktail, huh? Sounds like actually probably. Sounds uh, like something to cook my bratwurst in.
0: Dude, yeah. everything's getting smoked now. I, feel, I was just at a bar. I think it might have been Second Story, and they had like five smoked somethings where they like they put the little jar over the glass, yeah. and then they smoke like a thing and let it sit there. Like, it's really cool and gimmicky for like half a second. Right. And $5 <laughs> more, but... Yeah,
1: and the presentation's fantastic, <laughs> it's fan- right?
0: It looks so cool, man. Everybody goes, oh, I want one of those. And we have $12 cocktail's now $20. Right. Because yeah. they just they have smoke rolling across the bar. It looks like fog moving, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's now that you brought up the thing about... So, 30, so Cross Joss has been around for 30 years now? 32 years. 32 years. Coming up
1: on 33, very soon. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: And so you finally just started distributing outside of California to here in Arizona. Correct. And so making the same beer for 30 years, I, I had that thought the other night of, you know, I wonder what Budweiser tasted like when it was first made, if right. it's drastically different and whatnot. So, like, how long have you been with Carl Strauss now? I've been with Carl Strauss for three years, okay. okay. And then, do I'm assuming the people who own it now will basically be like, no, it's tastes the exact same from like day one to day two kind of a thing, or even they're kind of like, nah, yeah, it ebbs and flows a little.
1: I think it probably ebbs and flows a little bit, but I think that you know, the cool thing about Carl Strauss is our co founders are the original co founders, so they started this together, Stanford grads. Got together, started a brewery, brought in Uncle Carl. Off they went, right? So Uncle Carl, seriously, so that's no where joke. the Carl comes from. <clears throat> yeah, that's Carl. Struggs, oh, I like it. Right? <laughs> so he was a brewer um, at Pabst Blue at PBR, right? And he came over, taught them how to really make award-winning, awesome, true to style, balanced beers. Blue
0: ribbon style beer, basically. Well,
1: clearly <laughs> this is not a blue ribbon style <laughs> beer, but yeah.
2: So do you consider the Red Trolley to be your the
1: flagship? So it's our best-selling beer. Um, it is our flagship. We have like 99% market share of the red ales um, in California. We'll give us time. We'll get there too. But there's there's obviously some more competition in this market. But, um, yeah, it, it is something that people come back to time and time and time again.
0: Yeah, it's beer-flavored beer. <laughs>
1: it is beer-flavored beer, right? It's super balanced. It's not a hot bomb, right? So it's kind of ahead of its time in that it was a great malty, biscuity. You've got some caramels coming across, a little bit of toffee coming from it. Um, it's just a great beer. It pairs with food amazingly well, whether you're doing barbecue or anything along those lines. It's it's just it's just a great beer. And
2: I think it's really smart to corner a category like that because in a bar like ours, we sell a ton of reds and hefts, but yeah, a lot everybody crazy. makes IPAs. It's like you're trying to get into the biggest category. Like we watched the GABF awards and mm-hmm. some of these categories they had twenty three people that submitted entries. Versus other ones, it was 800 entries. Yeah, I think the the
0: hazy IPA alone had 500 people or whatever in it. And we were like, that's great. But I I don't remember what the one. It was like sour Belgian-style ale. And it was like 21 submitted people. You're
2: like, dude, what a cool shot if you hit that. If you (laughs) could take over that category and own it, that's really smart.
0: Well, look at some of the the biggest beers that you see. Now, granted, obviously, these are going to be huge mass-marketed beers, but they got out there. You know, I think for... Arizona, longest time had blue moon. And that's a really obscure beer that came along, that orange wheat kind of beer. And now I would say, I don't I, I can't remember the one I see the most now. Is it eight oh five is that a wheat beer? No. Okay, there's one that's been popping around. I see more and more of it as like the Heffenweizen. But in this state, it's kind of nice. Like our number one beer for the last two weeks might be a brown ale. Yeah. And it's fantastic to have that. Not having a whole menu built around IPAs and people get to try newer and newer things.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, when we look at Arizona and the reason why we came out here is, A, so many people from California have moved out here, which good or bad, don't know. But the, the flavor profile and the education of craft beer, it's probably five years behind California right? I mean, San Diego alone has 140 breweries in it, just in San Diego, right? So that's a lot of competition when you start talking about it. Um, But yeah, when you look at the Hefs and some of the other beers that we have, and we can actually try the Hef, which is next, um, that's something that People are just discovering, right? They're used to Shock Top and Blue Moon, but they may Shock not be Top. used to. Is that yeah. what it was? That's no, no. Mean. I was
0: just thinking about it. I forgot that when Blue Moon went away, everybody was drinking Shock Top instead.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So great marketing, great beers. They're consistent, but they don't have the same level of interest that some of the craft beers have that we're putting out there. So yeah, yeah this is our Win and See Wheat. Um,
0: yeah. It actually looks like a wheat beer. We uh, we were pouring one that was like crystal clear. Oh, really? It tasted like a half a wise one. Okay. But was, and even when you got to the bottom, it wasn't like settled. It was just like clear half and you're okay. like, all right, well, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, like, you know, for a place like, where are you at in California?
1: I'm actually in San Diego. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you're in the same way, you kind of only have two seasons away, unfortunately. We only have two seasons. We have summer and what is an extraordinarily long autumn slash spring. Right. So most of the time, you know, we can get away with drinking all light IPAs and people are outside, um, but halves have always kind of been really popular and light beers and more and more, and more like craft light beers get better and better and better out here.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one, obviously, listeners can't taste it, but it's got a lot of coriander coming across the yeast and parts a lot of Belgian uh, flavors, which are banana and cloves. Um always that banana. Always that banana. Yeah. Always comes from a Belgian yeast. Anytime you throw a Belgian yeast onto anything, you're going to get banana.
2: And right? He's over here telling us that he's not the brewer. So he doesn't know the technical stuff, but <laughs> he's teaching us the technical right. stuff.
1: <laughs> well, I worked at Stone Brewing <laughs> Company for eight years before this, so we made a beer there called Cali Belgique, which was a Belgian IPA. And take an IPA, throw in Belgian yeast,
0: Get that. Throw that
1: in your head. It's exactly what it tasted like.
0: <laughs> it's, an, it's probably one of the ones you could think about flavor wise and nail it. Right. So you were at Stone originally, and then you would you go from there?
1: So automotive industry first. Went to Stone. Ran their distribution business for eight years. Went to a keg rental company called Kegstar. So <laughs> yeah. you guys get your cooperage right. You see Microstar, Kegstar, yeah. Keg Credit. Um, I tilted up the U.S. operations for Kegstar out here in North America. Did that for a couple of years, uh, then went to Carl. So automotive, what were you doing automotive? Uh, okay, so my career is a crazy one, right? I was 12 years old. I wanted a bicycle. My parents wouldn't buy it for me. Mean parents.
0: I love your entire career. is already starting <laughs> off with Spike. 100%, yeah. right?
1: So I said, well, if I make the money, can I go buy this bike? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I started washing all my parents' friends' cars, and... I turned that into a detailing business that I ran until I was 25, and sold it, and then stayed in the automotive appearance care business for another decade or so, and um, worked for a company called McGuire's Car Care Products. And we were doing a photo shoot at a power plant in Escondido, and they had just sold out to 3M, and I worked for Valvoline before that. And I'm like, ah, eh, kind of tired of this. I want to do something else. So uh, Stone Brewing Company was right down the street, and the guy doing the photo shoot was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Stone?" I'm like, "Yeah, love their beer. Their pale ale is great. Their IPA is awesome." And so I go on their website. They're hiring for a sales manager, and funny cover letter. And seven interviews later, fell into the beer business. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really
0: cool. Good timing for all of that.
1: Yeah, right. Two thousand eight. Not bad. So no, not bad at all. Dodged all, all the uh, economic woes from all that stuff, and you know we took that distribution business from literally something nothing to pretty good sized business. Distributed forty plus brands in Southern California, in addition to Stone, and um, it was great. Great time. Great people. Fun rocket ship ride.
0: So were you doing? Just California or are you doing like other states as well when you were at Stone?
1: So I was just running their distribution business. So Stone Distributing was Southern California only. So Santa Barbara out to uh, call it the Mountains Inland Empire down to the border.
0: Okay. And now for Carl Strauss, you get California and now obviously Arizona.
1: Yeah. So I'm the vice president (laughs) of sales and marketing here. So I do all the marketing, the sales. Uh, We started looking at it and we weren't really interested in doing a territory expansion at all. Um, But we we looked at the demographics, like I was talking about, from all the people moving from California to Arizona. Yeah,
0: we're absorbing a lot of your people.
1: (laughs) And your markets are upside down. So when our breweries are slowing down, you guys are just picking them up. So we're like, hey, if we're going to maximize our brewery facility, let's go to a market where the peak demand happens when we're not dying, but slowing down significantly in California. So. It was just a no-brainer. And the distributor that we chose out here, we're, we're super stoked on them. We've known them for a long time. Um, they're doing a great job. So, yeah, we're, we're very, very
2: happy to be here. And thank you, by the way, for yeah. having me on here. This is yeah. great. This I mean, is, this is lo-
0: fun. we got to try all new stuff. It's a whole new world for us. <laughs> cool. I mean,
2: logistically, Arizona is a great market to be in because you don't have to worry about... You know, trying to get stuff up and down through California. Like, you know, logistically, California yeah. is a, can be a pain in the ass, or total te- pain. Te- Texas, you oh. have to keep three separate warehouses because it's so big. A lot yeah. of people will keep a Dallas warehouse, like a San Antonio warehouse, a Houston warehouse, versus here, you're in Phoenix. That's it. I mean two hours to Flagstaff, two hours to Tucson. That's that's it. 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 So it's logistically it's super easy to like maintain this market and work this market. Agree. And there's a lot
1: of brand recognition out here because of how many people are coming from California. But yeah, I mean it's it's easy to your point. It's easy to get the beer here. Yeah, it's a little hot in the summertime, so we gotta make sure that things stay refrigerated. Drink it
0: way faster. Way
1: faster, right? Which is why we don't kick out the double IPAs when we first launched during the summertime. But um yeah, look, look we're, we're thrilled to be here. Um, You guys have been very kind to us, been really well-received so far, so
0: all good, man. Yeah, yeah so, dude, this Hefeweizen was fantastic.
1: And, I mean... You know what i got to say? i got to tell you about this Heffelweizen. There's a story inside Carl Strauss. We have production meetings, and every time we bring up the forecaster, they're still like, yeah, Chaz Lee's favorite beer. This tastes really good to me today.
0: I don't know. It's one of those kind of days. Huh? One of those days. Maybe yeah. it's the heat, figuring you know, getting yeah, in a little that bit. It's not that hot. nice out. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we got that nice rainstorm. So exactly, it, we saw 80s for the first time. We're excited out I know. here.
1: My son goes to school out here, and he's like, "Dad, it's fantastic out here. That's You're right. so he's stoked, a sun
0: devil." <laughs> yeah, sweet. I'm glad he went here, and not one of those pussycat Tucson Wildcat people. He's very
2: happy to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody's listening, like, "Fuck you!" You're so right. So he's lost five yeah. members. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was very happy to move here as an 18 year old male, also. <laughs> yeah. This town, and I was like, "Yep." I'm home. Oh, uh, yes. Nice. ASU was fantastic. Plus all the pools
0: are just great
2: <laughs> for. Yes. Yes. For everything. Heavenly for, bodies. For, of, yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. When we were touring the campus, we were touring other schools and all the things. And my son was like, yeah, you know, I like here. I like here. I'm like, well, wait till we go to ASU. And, We took him around and his eyes got just as big as saucers. He couldn't believe it. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean honestly this is one of those states where you can do everything, but you know, obviously we're in the pocket of all the heat, but you can go two hours north and go skiing, or you can go two hours south and go water skiing, or there's lakes everywhere on you to go skiing, whatever. Like everything about this is just fun. Plus if we really hate it, we just come invade your state for a little bit of time.
1: You do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We
0: see the plates. I grew up in San Diego during the summertime when I was a kid until so my parents had a place in Coronado. Oh, nice. And so we were there till I don't know, I was like sixteen. So I like Coronado Brewery is nostalgia for me. Great people. Every time I go there, I always have to get their chicken fingers mm-hmm. and their beer. Like, that is that's literally the first thing I do. Is, do you want to get to Keys house? No. We're going to Coronado Brewery. <laughs> I, think right last, I think
2: last time we were there, you ordered chicken fingers before you ordered your beer. I did. Wow. <laughs> he <laughs> he did. I'm not they like brought them, brought to them it, Right. And by <laughs> the way,
0: speaking of things for a long time that don't change, that recipe hasn't changed. I was so ecstatic because I'm like, God, they probably got, you know, it's dwindled down. They bought some bullshit sauce. No, it was no. equally as good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. stayed there for a while. Yeah, we were outside.
2: So, Carl Strauss, do you guys have just one building, or you have multiple tasting rooms and tap rooms around? I'm not
1: overly familiar with the... Sure. No, good question. So, we have our production brewery in Pacific Beach, right? So, if you're in San Diego, there's an AB wholesaler and then this big sign, Carl Strauss Tasting Room. That's our production brewery, right? So, um, we, all the beer that you're trying today is made there. All well, the small batches are made at some of our brew pubs. So, we have... Um, and eight... Pack
0: Beach is above Mission Beach, or is that Ocean
1: Beach? Black Beach?
0: Pack uh, Pack Beach, is that what you oh, said? Oh, Pacific Pac- Beach. Yeah. I thought Pacific you were saying
1: beach. Blacks Beach. I'm like, no, like, isn't it's it like
0: Nude Beach? Is that beach. Yeah, right? <laughs> is it Mission Beach? It's above Mission Beach, if I'm not mistaken. Pas-
1: yes. So yes, it goes OB Mission Beach Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. i was
0: just trying to like wrap my head exactly where I was. You were saying your production facility was. Yeah,
1: five in the 52, if you know freeways. Yeah,
0: I, I do. <laughs> OK,
1: so yeah, five the, right by La Jolla. Yeah. So it goes La Jolla, Pacific Beach, if you're coming south. Um, so anyway, that's our production brewery, right? So we have everything there. We have our warehouse space, our home office. Everything is right there. And then we have eight brew pubs throughout Southern California. So we've got uh, five in San Diego, one in uh, Inland Empire, two in Orange County, and one in Los Angeles that's still closed from the pandemic. So we'll-
0: That's county reason.
1: No, it's it's a bunch of reasons, right? Somewhat it's it's really not a county mandate anymore. It's just downtown LA is not a real good place to be right now. It's yeah. just a sketchy place. So, I mean, my friends at Modern Times, they've got their dojo of dankness over there and it's just been a tough market. So, yeah, um we'll see. We'll figure that part of it out. It's just
0: like a lot of like I guess like
1: 10 cities kind of a thing. Yeah. And And people have just flocked out of downtowns because of the pandemic. They're going to all the suburbs, which is great because some of our brew pubs are located in suburbs and they're cranking right now. Um, But the downtown spaces are just, it's pretty tough.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be very interesting because your dynamic of, you know, what'd you say? Seven, Different brew well, houses? We had
1: 10. ten. Um, two of them closed. We had one in Universal Studios, and then we had one in La Jolla that we closed um, in the middle. And our leases were up, so it wasn't like there was yeah. anything wrong with it, but we just decided to shut those down. So, but yes, I mean, we don't go for one standard demographic when we put our brew pubs in. Yeah. I mean, our original place on Columbia Street was the original brewery. Okay. So that's, you know, the first brewery since Prohibition, downtown San Diego kind of an iconic place. We want to keep that place going.
0: Oh, you got to have like your home
1: base.
0: 100%. Is each one its own brew pub as well?
1: Correct. So um, they all have their a brewing facility inside of them. In fact, some of the small batches we're going to try here came out of those brew pubs. Oh, sweet. Yeah.
2: So, I like that. So do you employ then one like master brewer and then seven or eight other people to run all the other ones?
1: Correct. Paul Segura is our brewmaster. Guy's a legend. He's amazing. I love working with him. Um, and yes, he's been with us for a very long time and he's the guy to the consistency point it's his neck on the line if something doesn't come out consistency. And um, I really applaud Paul for making beer that's very well balanced. Like, you don't get hop bombs. You don't get malt bombs. You get things that really are art to plan. When you look at a label and you look at a, a beer list and you see something that's on there, and you go, okay, in my head, this is kind of what I'm picturing, and you taste it, Paul does a really good job of nailing that flavor profile.
0: It's funny. He has, he'll be well known for Carl Strauss, but I wonder how many people ask him if he's related to Tom Segura. The yeah, comedian. <laughs> right. Probably all the times like, bro, I make beer.
2: I actually did a second like a almost like a second take when he said it, I was like, wait, the yeah, comedian? I heard it oh, too. Wait.
0: And that was my first thought was oh he great beer. I wonder if he's related to Tom.
2: <laughs> I mean he was gonna hear this and be like, motherfucker <laughs>
0: Right. I mean, I mean it is kind exactly of a unique like, last name. Yeah. 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 This is so this one we just grabbed. Or is this I grabbed The session the mosaic. This mosaic. This Session.
1: Yeah. So single hop beer, right? This is our we don't call it session anymore because session's kind of a four letter word in the beer industry because that category people were producing a lot of I call them hop water. It just it didn't have a lot of interest, right? Yeah. You drink it, it didn't have a lot of mouthfeel. It didn't have a very good malt backbone to it because they wanted the ABV to be down so low. But again, Paul and the team, I think they did a great job with Mosaic. This has been around for a while for us, um, but yeah, single hop Mosaic hops in this, 4.5, 4.8 percent ABV. Don't hold me to that, um, but yeah, I just think that this is for what it is, a very interesting, easy drinking, perfect beer for this market.
2: I've That's heard I've heard from some other breweries how they've had trouble getting rid of their session IPAs. We've had no problem selling them here. Hasn't yeah. I think it's also because so many we get offered so many double IPAs yeah. and there's all this eight percenters. People come in, they want to have that one or two 8%ers, and then they need to, like, downshift. And they were like, all right, I got to I gotta slow this down a little bit. And not everyone wants to go and drink the Japanese lagers or, yeah, you know, the German pills. And that gives them a good option. Like, we actually sell sessions around here really well. Cool. Yeah. However, we've had a couple that are, like, just hoppy water, and people have been like, Err. Yeah, what happened here? Yep. Yeah. I mean, There's this, definitely been a few that have no that, life to it. The, the one here local, the House one, worked out. People loved it. It
0: was one of the best ones we had. I think we cranked through a few kegs of that in, like, a very short period of time.
2: Because well, right it tasted house. fresh too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it was right also here. the
0: beginning of when we hit those first couple heat spikes, and all of a sudden people are like, "All right, I'm I'm coming out of that IPA phase, and I want something light, but I don't want to drink a light beer because you didn't see that craft beer change a lot on light beers, just because we have very well, our water sucks shit. It is <laughs> chewy out here. Yeah, and so I think for most breweries, unless they had one heck of a like filtration system, which a lot do now. Most of the time, people just kind of stuck with drinking Natty Ice, which is, you know, the dumpster fire of beer. But it's delicious. I, that was right. my high school beer. 100%. It was Natty Ice. And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, these sessions taste so good. And yeah. there's, like, you know, character to it and whatnot. And it's still going to feel like I'm drinking an IPA.
1: And I was just going to say, people like drinking IPAs. I mean, an IPA drinker wants an IPA. And sometimes, to your point, they don't want to drink the 8%, 9%, 10%, double, triple IPAs because they're done. And, A, you only get an 8-ounce pour of it, right? So yeah. if you want a full pint, you want to let it
2: enjoy. And... The, the mosaic in the sessions are good. You, know, you don't feel, feel
0: Yeah, you don't feel stuffed at all. It's not like you just ate like a loaf of bread.
2: Exactly. And for me, when I start to drink, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And right. And I start drinking those 8%ers, that finish line comes up real quick. Real quick. I mean, that's like those, these last couple that we have over here. I mean, those are going to... Those are going to... Yeah, those are going to... I start drinking off. those 12%ers and, woof, I'm in yeah. bed early. Well, I mean, I, how
0: many people have said we did a collaboration with Red House nice. and... um. People sit there and be like, oh, this is really good. What is this? I'm like, or we always say what it is. This? Oh, how much alcohol? Eight and a half. And you, you could see it like for a quick second. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that one caught up really quick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, we're actually going to be doing a collaboration with RentHouse. So oh, that's awesome. We're doing it next year. We do four collaborations a year, one every quarter. We've locked in all of our collaborators for 2022, and RentHouse is our Q4 for next year.
2: Oh, awesome. Are yeah. they coming
1: out to brew it with you guys? Correct. Okay. Yeah, but you guys will get it, right? We'll be back out here. We can talk about it, so...
2: Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to do it out of their, their, their new location up in Prescott, or... No, they
1: might do their own version of it, right? But we're doing it on our system. We'll launch it throughout all of California and through Arizona. That's awesome. They yeah. do that at
2: the Pacific Beach place? Correct. Okay.
1: Yeah, correct. So we been doing it like this year we did them with um the one that we're gonna launch here in a couple months with creature comforts out of athens georgia so that's um one that's it's really really cool um we just did one with Rheingeist. i don't know if you guys are heard of them they're out of cincinnati so that was a blood orange ipa so pretty pretty okay. dope people and next blood year orange
0: thing really picked up recently. right
1: yeah i know um next year we're doing it with uh let's see virgin beer out of san diego on q1 sierra nevada for q2 uh, we're gonna do Boochcraft in q3 yep. and then Renhouse house in q4
2: that's awesome i'm it's really cool to see this our little tiny local brewery just like taking off and having people like you guys willing to do you know combine projects with them. Yeah, because they're just a little guy around here.
1: Yeah, but dude, you want to talk about a brand with some street cred? Oh yeah, it's tough to beat G- Renhouse. They're G- really really G- good.
2: GABF gold medal winner last year in the most competitive category. Exactly. In fact, we did a collab with them, and I've had multiple people like, "How the hell did you get them to do that?" <laughs> like we've been asking them for years to do a collab, and they're like, "Nope, nope, nope." helpful
0: when uh you're literally next door neighbors they're my, right. they're,
2: they're, they're they're my neighbor oh right. i, I live across the street okay so. cool
0: it's, it's genuinely how i got into craft beer and I'm, i maybe can't say it but he one day came over and was like dude you gotta have this beer because you know like I, I was all wine i made wine for 12 years I, my version or my favorite beer is still and always will be Peroni. And I know it's not good. It's like always been like, well, I like McDonald's or in my case, Sbarro's. (laughs) And it's always like, okay, I have what I like. And he pours this. And it was the first time I ever saw hazy IPA. And I'm not kidding. This might've been three years ago, three or four years ago. I was like, what the fuck? Like is this thing just drinking? Like this is one of the best tasting beers I've ever had. And I think it was the Spellbinder at the time or no, it was the uh, electric Wren. It was a lactose hazy IP. It was
2: a collab they did for their anniversary with Electric Brewing in Temecula. Temecula, yeah. Nice. Yeah,
0: that was just, that was it. Like, that was like, yep, I'm now about to waste all my money on beer.
1: (laughs) But, you know, look, you guys, these aha moments, I call them, right? You guys have been in wine for a long time. You've had a lot of wine. It's a rare day for you when you try a wine and you go, dude, what was that? Yeah. And it's the same way in beer. And so very rarely do You know, people that have been in the industry for a long time, we try a beer and we're like, that blows my mind away. I am. I did not expect to see that coming.
2: You are so right. I was just up in Denver and I told John this when I got back. It wasn't, I visited a lot of breweries I I love and I wanted to see, but I wasn't super excited because I drink beer every day now. Right. So it wasn't like special that I got a chance to go drink beer. So I was like, I got to stop drinking beer for a while just to kind of reinvigorate myself and get back to wine, get my wine drinking pants on. Yeah. And conversely,
1: you go to Napa, you go through 30... Wineries and vineyards up there, and you're like, give me a beer.
2: Have you guys yeah. have you guys done any uh, like a wine barrel aged experimental yeah. projects? I see you guys did like this is like four roses and a couple other bourbon barrels. Correct.
1: Yeah, we've done some wine barrel aged beers um, as well, and they they're they're super interesting. They came out really good. So you know, I'm trying to remember some of the barrels that we've used before. Um, Paul's going to kill me, but I'll think of it in a second.
2: <laughs> it's all good. We can edit that part out, yeah. Yeah. or we, we just, just ha- mouth we, or it over, we, or, we, or we'll just highlight it on the. Oh, which ones
0: we bought. Napa, silver, oak. I don't remember which ones. All right, what are we trying next? This is Murphy's Law.
2: All right. So we got a couple. So your core beers are going to be what? Boat Shoes, Red Trolley. Yeah, Red Trolley, Aurora Happy Alice, Mosaic,
1: um Shoes, as you mentioned, and a new one that we just launched called Tangible, which is a tangerine IPA, right? It's a tangerine, not flavored, but fruited IPA. Um, those are our core beers, right? We have we have some that are draft-only that we put in our brew pubs, like Follow the Sun and Rec Alley's out in Bombers, super limited um, ability out there. But, yeah, these are our small batch beers. So these are the beers that we make at one of our brew pubs that we have throughout Southern California, right? Um, And so these next two are double IPAs, and I mentioned that collaboration that we're doing. These were test batches so that we can kind of do proof of concept on the hop profile that we're looking for and what we're trying to do when we put that beer out to market. Um, It's a really good way for us to test a recipe and see if it's, giving the flavor profile that we're trying to get
0: across to people. So So for you, is it are you just like sitting in your office and somebody calls you up, Hey, we made some new stuff. Get down here. We're gonna try it today, or is it like it's almost exactly like that. (laughs) I kinda just like I'm in
1: my office, come to the tasting room now. We need you to taste beer. I'm like, Well, it's nine o'clock, don't care.
2: Okay. (laughs) Oh, we learned a lot about brewing when we did our collab, like Pour a bunch of stuff in, push a button, and go to the bar and drink. <laughs> and like, well, and that's the beauty of these small batches. It's not like that, right?
1: So these are seven barrel systems. They're not very big versus our thirty barrel system that we have at our production facility, right? Sorry, sixty barrel system that we have at our production facility. So these are still very, you know, they call them handcrafted ales. And to your point, you pour stuff in, you do the ceremonial five gallon bucket of hops, and <laughs> you push a button, and you go have beers, right? Um, and that's very true. That that is oftentimes the way it goes. So there's a lot more that goes into it after that, yeah. right? So I, I'm not going to, of
0: course, yeah. we very generalized for for sure.
1: Right. But the small batch beers that we have, this is a brewer lugging grain up a ladder, dumping it in, raking it out, all the things right that you have to put in the hard work to make a beer come out. Um, Also, a lot more risk. Right. You don't have those controls in place and those tolerances in place to make sure that the beer doesn't come out with off flavors or that it's not exactly what you were hoping for it to be.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that's really fun to do. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to make our experimental batch today and just kind of going off of, well, I think this will work. I think this will work. All right, let's do it. And yeah, open. It's,
1: it's not like it's a cheap date. You're not just taking, like, 50 bucks worth of ingredients and throwing them. It's thousands of dollars worth of ingredients these guys are putting in there, and they make a miss. We either dump it or sell it to us.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's why we, hey, got, that's we, got, why a, we got it. <laughs> we got Mosaic Session version 2.3. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. I like it. No, so Murphy's Law is what? Double IPA. Is this West Coast or is this
1: So this is this is supposed to be and is a very tropical Style IPA, so no, not West Coast, right? So, by Are they really
0: call like and out out in San Diego, San Diego. But is it? Do they call it San Diego style or West Coast style? Because like I hear everybody out here just says West Coast style, but I yeah. I meet more and more people from California and go, oh, it's San Diego style.
1: It is marketed as San Diego style, right? So I think that when you look at Stone, Bowles Point, us, um, we we did a fairly decent spin on well, West Coast style IPA started, right? So you look at Stone IPA and some of the other IPAs, those were legit piney. Resiny beers, West Coast style, right? And then they said, well, okay, we need to maybe do something that's not quite such a palate wrecker. No pun intended. Right? Um, So let's maybe do something that's a little more tropical. And that's really where the San Diego style uh, beers came in play.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was always wondering that one. Because I know, isn't West Coast IPA um, done by, what is it, Green Flash? Green Flash. Yeah, because they have, like, the actual... Probably the trademark on it. I don't even know how that went off. It's on vibrate. <laughs> wow. That's weird. Anyways, um, yeah, so, okay, so San Diego is tropical-driven, but clear beer.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's all filtered, um, not the hazy styles, which are from New England, obviously. That's where that trend started. So these are all filtered, put through our centrifuge, micron filters, all the stuff, right? Um, but, yeah, very clear. Um, again, this is a double IPA, so this is right at about 8%, Sweet. so a bit of a heavier beer. And um, a lot of coconut coming across from this, um, fairly tropical.
0: I mean I haven't not really complained about any of these beers. Huh. Well good. And yeah,
1: right? No, this one sucks. The uh the names of these beers are always funny, right? We see some of these names come across and you were talking about do you just get a call at your office and say, hey, come on down and uh, taste beers. I think the brewers do the same thing. They just sit in a room drinking beer and just throwing out names of some of these crazy beers. These two beers that we're trying, Murphy's Law, is um, actually someone that's on our marketing team. So it's pretty cool that they actually got their name on a beer, right? That's so, really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one is the Born to Be Wild, and that's also Andrew Wild. So there oh, you go, oh, another marketing yeah. genius that we have working for us. So when's your beer coming out? <laughs> um, I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to name a couple of beers, but there's no. Heath Ale or anything like that. So. Yet. Yet.
0: Yet, yet. Watch, they're going to make some stout with a Heath bar in and be like, gotcha. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't
2: yeah, they might, might do be that. onto something right there. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so what do we do? We invent something every episode. I mean... I just have a bunch of drinks at night and I just start saying random shit and John writes it down. And the next day he's like, dude, you came up with like four new beer names. I'm like, I don't remember any. Of I don't want to say half of them because they're so <laughs> no. fantastic. I, I will no. sit there and like my entire notes page. If I die, I hope
0: somebody snaps my phone in half because my notes section gets really weird. Because I just like, dark. yeah, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Well, Let's do this because, you know, same thing with wine. Like, there's two options. You either go with, oh, we're going to put our family name on it and a nice chateau and some, you know, Pitches trees and-, and grapevines on it. Or you make Sofa King Bueno. <laughs> and it's just like a dead skull candy girl kind of thing. You're like, yep, yeah, that's really fun to do. So beer, beer gets way better. It's funny. Way better labels. Yeah.
2: M- most people are like, when I die, delete my browsing history. You're like, when I die, delete my notes. My notes. <laughs> or or come search through it, and you'll have
0: a thousand label ideas. That'll get you probably really far.
2: Yeah. Wine labels, beer labels, business names, random shit. A lot of beer names. A lot of beer names. It's when you go
1: and you search for the trademark on those beer names, that's where it can also get pretty interesting. Like, damn it, just missed it by two
0: days. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the one I really enjoyed was when the Supreme Court came out and said, uh, you can swear on labels now. And I is the first time I think I ever saw like the trademark thing just went off the charts because I'm sure everybody was hitting their refresh quickly. No, get it in, get it in, get it in. Totally. And now it's whoever's going to put it on first and they'll win.
1: Yeah. I like the ones that they name a beer, but they only sell it in their tasting room. Cause they just yeah. don't care, they, yeah. they, just, they just oh, care. They're, they're like
0: mean. trademark infringement. Yeah, uh, we'll sell it before
2: it's, we get it, a it'll cease be and gone desist. by
1: Sunday and it's third. We have
2: a lot of those in this town. There's a brewery, not to be mentioned, up the street from us <laughs> that got four season and in a week. Wow, there you <laughs> from go. different labels, and, and they had their labels for so long, too. But some of them were also one offs. I mean, we have a lot of guys here locally that they put out beers every week and they don't care about the name they don't care who else has it and it's just cuz it's by, it's sold out by the time it ever gets back to somebody yeah, yeah. look
1: we we see it oftentimes we will see a name that's similar to something that Carl has or whatever and we have the hey bro mentality where they like call them up hey bro what's up with this beer like is this a full-time beer no 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 it's just a special all right don't do it again bro we good yeah we good all right, all right peace out i like that yeah
0: that yeah, we've had that discussion like it's you know if somebody does something be like hey how about we work together and joke around right. like you know there's a specific company out here that doesn't allow people to do sun stuff but of course the suns were in the championship yeah and everybody locally was like let's do something so everybody got to cease and desist it's right. like come on like you can't let the city just have this. Let like How about you all play nice in the sandbox? And all right, cool. Everybody can use the name. You're in the championship. It's the Suns. Right. We're not going back for probably 20 years. <laughs> Give us one year of making crazy crap. And huh. by
1: the way, your TV ratings will only go up.
0: Yeah, no joke. <laughs> right? And by they the way, everybody's going to buy all these beers. Exactly. like More and more and more. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Yeah.
1: Cool. So yeah. this one, the Born yeah. to be Wild. Barnie Wild also a also pilot brew. IPA. Yes, for double IPA again it's going to be you're going to get a different layer of tropical coming out of this. Mm-hmm. I get more mango out of this than I did the previous um, Murphy's Law. So I think that this is again just a different um, hops that we use in this and I again I don't remember the hops that we put into this one. That's um, not your job. <laughs> I know it's not. So um, but, yeah, they are very different. And this is the deal, right? This is the thing with beer. You can change up the hop profile and get a very different flavor profile just by changing out two or three hops.
0: Yeah. Honestly, so it's kind of a cool thing is, you know, we we'll, we when we were opening, we did a lot of the single varietal hop ones okay. just to see if we could, you know, from like a wine perspective, we'll sit here and be like, okay, what are we going through? Oh, this could be Cab, could be from here, blah, blah, blah. You know, with beer – you mostly get the hops in something so we were sitting there going okay what's mosaic what's you know simcoa and i the the one i can definitely nail is whatever that new zealand what is that begins with a w like that one has such a distinct flavor to me i can hit that okay but now that i have some beer people coming in they're like oh man this this beer tastes like green onions therefore it must be this one and i'm like i look on the back of the can I'm like yeah you nailed that it's
1: pretty impressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah get people that are good at this stuff and I'm good in certain areas, but that's not my forte. But yes, they can be like, oh, this is a Chinook hop, you know, 4% yeah. of that. I'm like, whoa, how do you pull that out of there? So uh,
0: it's crazy. It's pretty <laughs> awesome.
2: But I mean, you guys sommeliers?
0: Uh, He is.
2: Okay. So you can I have a
0: different style thing. Well,
2: yeah. I always say the difference, because like, we've done a lot of wine podcasts, is I can smell a wine and say berries, cherries, raspberries, this, this, this. John will smell a wine and be like, yeah, it smells like about 38% Cabernet. There's probably, yeah, 16%, 70% Malbec. Definitely, like, 4% Syrah. I'm like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like, he's different. And I'm like, do you smell berries? He goes, no, I smell Malbec. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, I, different. After awesome.
0: working it for so long, there's there's smells that I like. Like, for one, for me, if ever I smell, like, mint or menthol, or menthol basically. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably cold climate Syrah, most likely. It can obviously vary. And oak. Anything oak-driven, I could tell you exactly what oak barrel that came out of. Because awesome. uh, we don't get, you know, we don't do bourbon or whiskey I tried a Scotch barrel one time because somebody actually ended up buying something and gave it to me. Scotch and wine does not go hand in hand. They Uh, definitely need to be separate. Yeah. But I could definitely be like, okay, it's got this flavor. That's untoasted American oak or high toasted French oak kind of a thing.
1: Cool. Have you guys ever done like, not a beer versus wine, because I hate doing that, but like a beer and wine pairing event with one of your food trucks that brings stuff in? I think it's actually a great idea. We've discussed
0: doing it for dinners and stuff at the winery. Because honestly, if you get, Especially now with more and more people loving craft beer, they're definitely willing to try it. Because our whole neighborhood, you know, we joke about how much we love our wines and stuff. But everybody who comes in is like, okay, pour us wine. And I think they expect like a Chardonnay or a Cab or something, but we pour a Vino Verde or hmm. a Peak Pool Blanc or something weird. And they're like, holy shit, this is really good. Yeah. yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and, what do you do? I work in the beer industry. I hate beer. I'm like, what do you mean you hate beer? You just haven't tried the right beer, right? Yeah. And so I think that it's it's all about education. When you let people explore where they want to go down in this journey of whether it's beer or wine, it's pretty fun. But the the beer-wine pairing things, it's it, you should totally do it. It's a very, very
2: fun event. I've done a ton of them. Snag a food truck at some point and do it. <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah. I mean, so I got to ask, are you guys doing seltzers? Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. So <laughs> it's been burning a hole in his brain for a minute. Check this out. So no, I don't want to. No, it's. it's I wish. Actually, will we'll, I'll get some for you after oh, this we're done. We yay. Got some here. <laughs> So I. I yeah. hear, and you're like all the brewers. You're so Like,
1: uh, Heath, you want to do what? Like, oh, we need to do a seltzer. I spent my whole career like not wanting to make a seltzer. And so it was, um, yeah, I got the same reaction when we started talking about this. So we owned, you guys ever heard of Endless Summer, the movie, the surf movie? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: we Actually, we've had those sample cans. Oh, yeah. That's you? Yeah, that's us. I had no idea. That's us. Okay, our distribution person dropped them off. Yeah. I apologize. I have not tried them. I've that's given fine. them away to our seltzer people. Totally
1: understand At that. At least they like it, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, we went for a flavor profile that's different than the, you know, the, the big ones. Let's just call it that, right? So we wanted something that was going to be a vodka soda with your favorite fruit added to it. So super clean, super dry, no artificial aftertaste after it. But yes, endless summer hard seltzers
0: How do you get the... Endless summer movie title it's, or I guess copyright or trademark or whatever it is. We
1: just it's been a long time relationship that the founders have had with the Bruce Brown family. Oh cool. And so we just have the exclusive rights to that brand name and beer and seltzers are called beer. In fact, if you're ever at a party, you can go, How's your beer? And they're gonna be like, it's not a beer, it's a seltzer. No, it's a beer. It's a seltzer. You have to put beer on the label on the actual seltzer can. So that's a good
0: that's interesting. Can, yeah. Cause Arizona has very weird laws about what goes into certain cans. Yeah.
1: It's a federal law. So, okay. That, yeah. It has to be on everything. So, if you're at a party and you're like, you know, giving someone a hard time because they're drinking seltzers and you're a beer guy, you can say they're a gal or whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, when my sales reps come in because they're all crying because all their bonuses are based on seltzers, I'd be like, it's actually beer. <laughs> yes. Yes no more complaining so can you take 612 cases of
0: my seltzer so I can get my $5 bonus this year
2: Yeah, I love watching the big giant bearded dude whose life has revolved around beer for 25 years they're in the industry and they just look defeated when they're coming in and be like I have a cucumber lime mint seltzer <laughs> <laughs>
0: or or vice versa you get giant Tormund's Bane who comes in here who's this big 6 foot 4 dude who he comes here red beard looks like he should be wielding an axe everywhere <laughs> we go Grabs a seltzer every <laughs> single time. Yeah.
1: He looks like a Viking. I, I When I, we were talking about getting in this category, I just went to stores, and I would just sit there right at the end of an aisle and see who's buying all this stuff. You can look at demographics, and you can look at the data, and that'll certainly tell you a picture. But I just wanted to see it for myself. So I'm going to these grocery stores, and same thing. I'm watching literally all walks of life, grabbing mixed 12 packs of this stuff, and just hauling with it.
0: Yeah, honestly, so. it is. It's definitely probably one of those things where, I mean, we, shoot, kombucha for us. Yeah. When we first opened, we couldn't believe how many people were drinking kombuchas. And now it's more and more. And like, there's a lot of guys now, even like, damn, that strawberry mojito kombucha was really good. I was like, yeah, because, yeah. you know, it doesn't smell farty or anything. Right. <laughs> exactly. I was like, actually, a good thing to drink. Yeah. Also, loaded with alcohol, too. Yeah, they're no joke. Speaking of loaded Holy with alcohol. Speaking of. God, that smells like straight bourbon. No now is there whiskey? but is there any Bourbon. coconut in this or anything?
1: Well, so what is this our anniversary?
0: This is your anniversary. This is the thirty-first anniversary. Yeah, so
1: this there is coconut in this. Okay, yeah,
2: it, I got on the nose. Yep, I, I got liquor right out of the gate. I was getting like. That that copper tone coconut. Oh, you get off. It?
0: Okay, now that I've, I now that you say it, I can smell it. It's fine. That's actually
2: see... call it copper tone. Come on, yeah. this is not
0: least like uh, real. Yeah, it's
2: banana real boat. Coconut. Banana boat.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> <No>. much better. <laughs> and that's what everyone says about coconut. The that's... that goes suntan lotion or coconut. tropical. Yeah, yeah. Right?
2: it's it's. I'm very sensitive to coconut myself in the wine business, and that's just one of those things. Always coconut to me just always smells like.
0: Which for me, if I get coconut out of a wine, I'm instantly like American Oak Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Because you get, you get crazy Co- amounts coconut of coconut. And dill.
2: Coconut and dill. Dill for sure. If it's
0: dill, okay. it's 100% American oak barrel. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's the little... Like, if I get cinnamon, baking spices, clove, it's a French barrel, most likely that was toasted. My favorite's gunpowder. If somebody chars a barrel enough, you get, like, it smells like somebody discharged like a flint gun. Makes sense. Yeah. it's fantastic. Huh. This is... Yeah, it's fine. Now that you said the copper tone thing, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize that it's no, be, but yeah, no, but that's not a bad thing. It's I'm, I'm bad just thing.
1: saying
2: this is just the 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 scent that pops up to me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, when we talk about using coconut, we're aware of this, right? This is some of the things that people bring up. They're like, nah, it's it's a very polarizing flavor. Either mm-hmm. people love coconut or they hate it. There aren't really too many people in the middle of it.
0: That's very true. Yeah,
1: but yeah, this is a this is a pretty ridiculous. So beer. it's a scotch ale. Scotch ale, aged in bourbon barrels, I believe. with Scotch coconut. ale.
0: Mm-hmm. And no Scotch Barrels. Mm-hmm. Ah, I feel like it was an opportunity missed miss there, unless, unless 32nd anniversary. Or unless I'm wrong. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> right. yeah. it's been 18 months during too. the
1: pandemic, so you know, remembering all this is a little tough.
0: That's crazy. I love how much like beer people are like, yeah, all right, well, we have this nice big giant stout, or in this case, Scotch Ale. Let's throw it in a bourbon barrel and get <laughs> even more out of it.
1: Yeah, our anniversary beers are awesome. We have an event every year uh, when we're able to. It's called Changing of the Barrels. So all of our, our anniversary beers are always barrel-aged beers. And so we... Bring out some of our ownership group and a bunch of you know, VIP guests, and we pour all these barrel-aged beers for people, and it's 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 a really killer event in Pacific Beach. So you guys are in San Diego, and we're doing this in February. Yeah, Cruise done by. That in the
2: uh, I was gonna say, John, can we request that day off? Uh, you might uh, want to do a couple. Uh, of uh, days. The owners are really <laughs> terrible people. on this one. Yeah, right. Yeah, love to have you
0: guys out. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, those are really fun to go to. we just did a harvest party because now you know everybody's getting done picking their grapes. Like, all right, cool. We picked everything. Now let's drink as hard as we possibly can. Got it. Yeah, that's called GABF for us. Yeah, well, we were. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that was what is that middle of September. Where do we just see this? The week after Labor Day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they'll do it again. CBC is also at the same time. So they those events because of COVID got. Messed up from a scheduling standpoint. CBC, so craft brewers convention. So that's like the manufacturers trade show. So if you want like a bottling line or a tank or Uh, that kind of stuff, you can go to that trade show. Whereas GBF is, as it should be, all about the brewers and the beer.
0: I think what is our big one out here? Great, it's the canned festival or the no, the big big beer strong beer festival. Strong Strong beer beer festival. festival. And then
2: beer for brains is another one that's big out here. Is out out here. Mm Okay.
0: Yeah, we, it's the nice thing about this is, you know, now that we cross that 80 degree barrier, all the festivals just start yeah. po- every day. Yeah, and they're all winding down for us. So it's
1: that's like I said, this is a I call it an upside down market, but it's it's just it's awesome to be coming out here this time of year and yeah. to see you guys starting to ramp up.
0: We get all the tourists, you know, all the residents start coming out more and more. And we have so many parks and places to go that it's like every single weekend there's an art and food festival, art and beer festival. There's always something to yeah. do on the weekends and they just get more and more fun.
1: So where are you guys with like the golf tournaments? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do you?
0: Do you like to basically party spring break as a semi-functional adult? Because that's basically (laughs) what it is. It's spring break for golfers. It
1: looks... Amazingly fun. They don't
2: bother with silent signs on the side. No, it's
1: great. It's yeah. like the best golf tournament it, yeah, ever.
2: It's like it's like a Happy Gilmore tournament. Yeah. I mean, the way people cheer and in four days, six hundred and fifty thousand people will attend that tournament. It's amazing. Um, the Saturday it's usually somewhere between 200 and 250,000 people for the day. It's yeah. like
0: Mardi Gras, everybody's in costumes, you know. They have cabanas now on the eighteenth. So, you know, the big one's obviously <laughs> the 16th. Yeah. It's now officially an entire enclosed stadium. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, they
2: put like 40,000 people around that hole. Yeah, and it's if crazy. you don't it's have awesome. them,
0: honestly, like, if you don't have the money for it, you don't get to go. Because there's now a very small little section where you can wait in line to go see, but it's gone instantly. So it's just boxes all around. So
1: it's like your Super Bowl.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's honestly Even it's the same weekend skate. of the Super Bowl too. It's right. It is. That's yeah. right. But that's that Saturday, you can drive by the freeway and hear people just yeah. yelling. Yeah.
1: It, watching it on TV looks amazing.
0: It's so much yeah, honestly, that if you want to come back, that's the best time to come back. Okay. Cause you know, you can the first nine is your standard. You walk, you can have a good time, but once you cross onto the other nine, you're like, Oh, it's a here party. We go. Yep, here we go. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. My
1: son went to it a couple years ago and he just was blown away by it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great place to try and get your beer into. Yeah. So the last one that we brought in is the Rec Alley, ah. but is so they do different versions of this one because it's the uh, Vanilla Bean. Okay, so this alley. is
1: a Vanilla Bean Barrel Age Rec Alley, I believe. I uh, know yeah. this, yeah. VB, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's vanilla aged? Bean is just Vanilla Bean.
0: Oh yeah, because it said VB Rec Alley, and I, I, I thought it was a barrel one. I could be wrong. It is uh,
2: f- four, four roses, roses. four this roses is, barrel. This is
1: barrel, yeah, for sure. So yes, we do different versions of Rec Alley. Um, obviously, we use a lot of coffee in this beer to start with as a base. Um, we get it at a Bird Rock Coffee Roasters in San Diego. So same thing. We take this, throw it in a barrel, at the Four Roses um, barrel, add in some vanilla to it because obviously you get a lot of chocolate, a lot of coffee. What goes better with both of those? Vanilla, right? So um, this is great. This is a very, very – this is a dangerous beer because you don't taste the alcohol in this as much as you did the previous beer. Wow.
2: And you wouldn't believe this, but our clientele in this neighborhood loves beers like this. When, it it's a, when it's 115 me. degrees outside, at night, they will crush through stouts like this. It just it blows doesn't. me away.
1: I, it, it has always blown me away, but that doesn't surprise me. I've heard that so many times. People come in and are like, yes, I want that. You're like, dude, it is." you could cook an egg in the street, and you want to come yeah. out here and have a barrel-aged mm-hmm. stout? Are you kidding me? I've seen people
0: in the middle of summer sit on our patio drinking a stout. 110, 115, doesn't matter. Just well, drinking a stout. I guess the good news is you don't really have to worry about it if it warms up. kind of gets better. No. Yeah. yeah. Right? I guess at that point it really does matter. Now it's just your heat tolerance right. with the sun blasting exactly. on but you. But if you're
1: drinking an IPA, it's going weird in a minute. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Some beers, I do like that about stouts. It's kind of like... You know, you keep it cold, pour, and then you just sit there and let it just keep getting better. Like Stout to me is the wine of beer. Like the more it sits there, the the more it changes. Exactly. Like it just comes out more, it changes and you can all of a sudden be like, Wait, what is this I'm smelling now? Like twenty minutes later, if you're patient enough, which you know So maybe,
1: maybe that's a name, right? Opens up Stout.
0: Opens like that. That could go wrong though, really fast. <laughs> it
1: there needs to be a very specific <laughs> label on it. <laughs> exactly. That's a tasting room
0: only. Now that you mentioned it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, this is uh, this is what the brewers yeah, do. Is... They just sit around slinging stuff, and they go, "Oh, that was great." We can't do that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this works. is the moment where John usually jumps into his notes. <laughs> 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 so, we will. I'm gonna so, remember
2: this one.
0: Yeah. No. This is. I obviously, you know, we like you guys. You brought in your beer. These have been fantastic. So, what's like? What's the next big thing, you guys looking at another state, or are you just like, no, we're good, we're in Arizona.
1: Well, seltzers were our big thing. Ah, oh, damn. Kind of joke, but kind of not. Um, don't launch a seltzer in March of twenty twenty. Bad idea. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so no, I think that. We don't really have any interest in becoming a large regional brewery, right? So, I mean, we are regional in California, but we don't want to go into, as you mentioned, Texas and some of the other states that are across the country. It's expensive. you got to put people out there. The brand recognition may not be as good as it is here. So I think we're good here. I think we'll stay with California and Arizona and just keep cranking up our production facility and...
0: Yeah, Now you got to come, man. uh, get to come see your kid out here, too.
1: Oh, I'll be out here a lot. I love it out here. I'll go to Barrett Jackson, too. That's another great
0: Barrett Jackson's another one of those where you're just like, How the hell did you get all these people into this little area? It's amazing, it gets bigger and bigger. The cars are so freaking cool. Though, oh, they're too. so cool.
1: Yeah, if you're a car person, you've died and got to have anything to go to. And the
0: crazy thing is, is what most people don't realize is they think of Barrett Jackson's being the big one. There's like seven other that are mm-hmm. happening at the same time, and honestly, they're better (laughs) oh wow yeah like uh go check out the russo and steel one russo and steel is what barrett jackson used to be correct
1: yeah but still a fun event awesome of course Um, definitely will be back your place is amazing congratulations on this place appreciate that yeah it's legit
2: yeah i'm wondering if our if the strong beer festival is gonna coincide with about the time you guys do your event because it's usually right around that second week of february is when is arizona beer week okay Arizona Beer Week is like right after the Super Bowl, I think. It's the second week or first week? Yeah, it's right between a couple of different events. I think it's like right between the Super Bowl and Barrett Jackson. They try and like slam it in there or something like that. Or... Yeah, spring training too as well. That's as what uh, No, no, that's what it training? is. It, yeah. They try and slam it in between uh, the spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting on the 22nd, and the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl which is usually it's about the, the second seventh.
0: week. Yep. Yeah.
2: Mm, when is your uh, When
1: is your event? Which one? The, the changing of the barrels? Yeah. We haven't set the date for it, but it's usually, it's right around Super Bowl time. So usually second week in February.
0: Oh, no. looks like we got to go to San Diego.
1: Yeah. I'd love to have you.
0: Really yeah. would.
1: Well,
0: this has been great. I mean, honestly, thank you so much again for coming out and pouring beers and, you know, yeah. obviously tough coming day. to our state.
1: Tough day. <laughs> yeah. Tough job you have. <laughs> oh, well, I guess job. I'll go on
0: vacation in another state and pour my beers. <laughs> I know.
1: People are like, oh, you're not going to be in the office. I haven't been on a plane in two years. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, Arizona vacation. Like I'm actually working, but this is my job. Yeah, And 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 like that
0: one hour flight. That's so tough to handle. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was great. It was super fun. So, um, yeah, thrilled to be here. Glad our brand is out here. Glad you guys have been joining it so much and we've got a lot more to come. So sweet, man. The
2: beers have been great. We've, we've worked through a couple of the kegs already. We've already worked through boat shoes and cool. Um, it's really fun to have all these specialty beers, too. Yeah. The Hop Aurorealis, which took me
0: a minute to figure out what that was for a while. I was like, why do I know what this Oh, <laughs> oh there stupid. it is! stupid. Damn it.
1: <laughs> you didn't even look at the label? I mean, you didn't see that? That was the
0: one where I kept to myself, and I didn't say it out loud. Fair enough. Fair. I, just to Ennis, though. Ennis was like, yeah,
2: that's the Aurorealis. I was like, yeah,
0: you tell anybody that one. It's going to be over
2: Borealis. for you, buddy. Borealis. Yeah. Yeah. So Alice. do all of your uh, tap rooms in California all have food? Are they restaurants, too? Yeah,
1: they're all restaurants. Yeah. Okay. Full service. So, yeah, it's um, we made a change during the pandemic. So we have a process where you go to a counter, you order your food, you order your beer. We bring it out to you. You can scan a QR code, reorder stuff if you want to. So that's been a little bit of a shift pivot. Right. That word that people use way too much. Um, but the food's still amazing. Chefs cook all of our food. It's it's legit. It's really, you know, elevated pub food is what we call it. John's wondering how the chicken tenders are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they're
1: they're ridiculous. Excellent. <laughs> Looks
0: like I'm trying chicken tenders.
1: Ridiculous. <laughs> we distribute Black Plague Brewing Company out in Southern California oh, okay. and every time I meet with the owners we go there. That guy takes like three plates of
0: chicken tenders. (laughs) It's just he's uh,
1: chicken tenders or buffalo wings. Sorry. I want to make sure. Chicken tenders. Yeah. Okay. We don't have too many chicken
0: tenders except on the kitchen. uh, It really comes down to just the sauce in the end. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. All good. Oh, so it's about your wings, huh? Our wings. Our wings are no joke.
0: Somebody somebody did mention about your food. They were like, you got to have the mac and cheese. Uh,
1: Mac on tap is insane.
0: Is that what it is? Mac on tap? Yeah,
1: we call it Mac on tap. It's. Um. so I met the owners uh, I've known Matt Ratner who's the president and co-founder of Carl Strauss now for I don't know eight nine years something like that we were on a board of a brewer's guild together so we would bounce between having food at Stone which is great and we enjoyed that and then I'd go to Carl Strauss and you know the servings that they give you for this Mac is just it's insane and I'd sit there and I'd eat the whole thing and Ratner would look at me. He's like, "How do you eat all that?" I'm like, "If you've not <laughs> had this, it's fantastic. But you can add bacon to it and all kinds of stuff. Of it's, course, it's all exciting. Fantastic.
0: Bacon. Yeah, it's oh, it's great. All right. So we have objectives: mac and cheese, chicken tenders, whatever, chicken wings, chicken wings, wings, whatever. And then the February event.
2: Yes. Well, John does all my planning, so he just got he's dialed he in. He tells you to go? Well,
0: I'm, our, I'm our traveling agent for nice. the shop.
1: Again, it's an hour flight. It's not hard. Yeah. yeah. Right? There's a flight every hour, I think, on the hour. So you should be fine. We're just going
0: to drive out in a U-Haul truck and just like, all right, load it up. <laughs> stuff the beer in there. We're taking it back. We've just, talked about
2: this. Just taking out of a refrigerated truck and loading it up and bringing it back for the shop. People do it all the time. Grabbing all a bunch of specialty stuff. And yeah. Like I said, 140 breweries, so bring a big truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
1: no, but love you guys. Love you have you guys give me a week's heads up we'll uh put some beers in the side of the coal box for you and
0: find it for you when you get out. Sweet. And for anybody else who goes out there plan a trip obviously to have lunch, dinner, I'm assuming dinner as well. Lunch and yeah. dinner. All right, cool. Yeah. And drink at Carl Strauss and try all their what do you have now? Like twenty different beers?
1: Well it depends. Or does it depend on the brewery? It depends on the brewery. It depends okay. on how many we have out there. But just go with a lot. If you can't find Excellent. something at Carl Strauss you don't like You really don't like beer.
0: Well, they have seltzer, so you can drink that. Aha, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I opened the door for that one.
1: (laughs) Cool, man. Well, Damian, you got anything else to add? No, I really enjoyed this. This was a great great time. Likewise. Thank you, guys. You're awesome.
0: Awesome. Shaman, thank you. Uh, Where can people find you if they want to stalk you on Instagram or Facebook or something? Or is that your private account?
1: No, no, it's not private. So Heathzilla on Instagram if you want to find it. It's a long story how I got that name. Won't go into it. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm on there, Chad Heath. You can just search me for it there, um,
0: chad.heath at carlstrauss.com. Hit me up. All right, cool. I'm going to tell everybody that Heath sells because you crush candy bars called Heath all the time, and that's how you got that. <laughs> I wish. All right, you guys, appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, stop on by. We'll have Carl Strauss on tap for a while. Take it easy. Peace. Bye.